Welcome to this Thursday evening meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. This evening's message is by Paul Abel. So I was asking the Lord what to do tonight, and he reminded me of something I read and didn't particularly agree with, and said I'd like you to do that tonight. <laughs> yes, you did hear me correctly. Uh, I, it wasn't that I really disagreed. I just, uh, uh, just a time and a, and a place. And what I read once was um, sometimes we need to not preach and just read the word and read large portions of it. And actually, I have done some of that. But uh, I felt the Lord say tonight, just read. No, don't preach, Paul. <laughs> don't just elaborate a little bit. So I can't. As I'm under instructions from the boss. Um, so I'm just going to read. I would suggest not following it. Just listen. Um, as it would have been done originally when Paul wrote this letter. Uh, most of his letters were written to be circulated around the churches and, and read out loud to the people. And it's, I think it's always interesting that you find his letters are primarily written to the church. Whereas today, there might be a tendency to write to the church leaders and then ask them to do whatever with it. Paul always writes to the, the leaders. The one, the one that we're looking at today, sorry, he writes to the people. He writes to the people and then includes leaders. So that's... Uh, it's interesting that he addresses the people first and the leaders with them. The overseers and the deacons, as he calls them. Uh, or bishops, if you want to be strict from the Greek. So let's read from the, the letter to Philippians. And just, let's invite the Holy Spirit to come. We know that from Ephesians, he says that he's come with a spirit of wisdom and revelation. By the way, I'm not breaking the rules. He said, while reading Philippians. <laughs> In case any of you were thinking he's breaking the rules. <laughs> Haven't started yet, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you got to, you got to, you got to do it. You got, yeah, with God, you have to do exactly what He says. You see, so. <laughs> so we'll read from Philippians, but yes, we invite the Holy Spirit to come with that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hallelujah! And we'll just read. And then we'll work. I think from that, my expectation is we're just going to worship. Ah, hallelujah. In fact, let's have the worship team up, ready to go. Don't actually start yet, but be, be ready. The very last bit of uh, Philippians is, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So when you hear me read that, that's the end let's stand and just begin to worship in response to the word because the word is our embodiment of Jesus it's, it's the word of God it's, as the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation we are feasting on Jesus this is as worship just as what we do after it is worship. And the Father, of course, is watching over us. So, are we ready? 
This is the letter to the Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you can share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. This is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best. And that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now... I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true. Some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, and others out of goodwill. The latter are doing it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or even true, Christ is still preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yep, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is by better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, 
conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now you hear, I am still alive. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Who, in the very nature, sorry, who, being in the very nature God, still did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and even under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now so much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among the stars. Sorry, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly on to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So, you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope, in the Lord Jesus, to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I've no one else like him who will 
Show genuine concern for your welfare. Everyone looks out for their own interest, but not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him soon, as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who's also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you. And he's quite distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him back to you, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I'll have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honour him, honour people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves couldn't give me. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs, the evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law. A Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, and as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I consider them lost for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider all these other things garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my own goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. If on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. 
For, as I have told you before, and tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, stand firm, Stand firm in the Lord in this way. Dear friends, I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companions, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you hadn't had opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to be in plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out with Macedonia... Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you have sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. 
And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those that belong to Caesar's household. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. from what it would normal be, normally would be but and, and just very simple because we're going to sing it kind of in defiance you know over the enemy it's all about the Lord as it should be but we are proclaiming this over the enemy so we're gonna, we'll, we'll sing it loudly but in worship declaring these truths over our families over our lives over this family hallelujah just allow right now the Holy Spirit to come upon you because we're going to do this in the Spirit very strongly and there will be a powerful anointing upon it so we want to time it carefully in God it's so easy with a song that is so familiar just to sing it as you would normally sing it and I really feel the Holy Spirit saying I want you to use this in a different way to declare Don't, go, don't try not to get just lost in worship right now. This is going to be a victory call, pronouncement. such a release of power of God over us, over this congregation, over this town. It's what we're here for. Is we're not just here to say words or repeat words. We're here to be led in prayer by the Holy Spirit, not, not just to have a great worship time, 
but truly God encounter. And God encounter means things change, not just for us, but for our community and for the neighborhood and for the towns we represent as we stand together here in this place tonight. Because I tell you, over Scarborough, over Filey, over Bridlington, over Malton, over the villages around us, there is only one name over them all, the name of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. One name is higher. One name is stronger. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. One name. One name. One name. You should feel. I think many of you will actually feel that anointing filling you right now. Hallelujah. God's going to lead you as an intercessor. The enemy flees. Walls come tumbling down. And things change. As we pray this in a minute, it's going to lead directly to people getting saved. As ears are blocked, as eyes are opened. Do you believe this? Do you believe this, church? Do you believe that if we pray, things change? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We're just waiting on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One name is higher. One name is stronger than any grave, than any throne, I stick exalted over Are we ready? Come on church, sing this as strongly as you can, as powerfully as you can, but just, it's, it's a strength in spirit. Believe these words up there. This is Jesus. Death is not the final definition for us. Jesus overcame the grave. There is no throne, no human throne, no human office, and no spiritual throne of the forces of darkness that does not come under this name. It is higher and it is stronger than all of this there is no other name but the name of Jesus hallelujah one name is higher one name is stronger than any grave than any throne 
Christ exalted over all. One name is higher. One name is stronger than any grave, than any throne. Christ exalted over all. Hallelujah. I tell you, there there are demons quaking right now in fear of the church of God praying with authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Christ exalted over all circumstances. Christ exalted over all finances. Christ exalted over all people's lives so that salvation breaks through in families and communities. Christ exalted over sickness so that the healing of God is released into the lives of His people and the people in this town and our region. The Christ is exalted so that his life releases miracles in the body of Christ and as the body of Christ ministers in the town and in our community there is a release of miracles because Christ, 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 Jesus Christ is over all Hallelujah, thank you Jesus Hallelujah, thank you Jesus and there is a release of provision and finance because Christ is over all Poverty is not part of His plan. Hallelujah. Plenty He releases to us. We will live with whatever we have, but we know His plan from heaven is a release of healing, a release of plenty, a release of victory. Hallelujah. We will rejoice in all circumstances. We can do all things in Christ, but we call on heaven. We call on heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Here in Scarborough, here in Filey, here in Bridlington, here in Moulton, here in Whitby, here in Hummondby, here in the region that you have told us to claim the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ, exalted over all. Your name is higher. One name is stronger than any grave, than any throne. Christ exalted over all. One name is higher. One name is stronger than any grave, than any throne. Christ exalted over all. One name is higher. One name is stronger than any grave, than any throne. Christ exalted over all. Holy Spirit. I sense the Holy Spirit saying for each one of us to take five things now that you know right at this moment are not in the order that they should be as they would be in heaven. Take five things. Just take a moment to run through them in your mind.
because we're going to pray this prayer Christ exalted over all in this song over each one of those five things if you can't think of five don't worry you can just repeat them the Holy Spirit might give it actually to you as we pray I find that's very common for me rather than knowing in advance I might know one of the list of five hallelujah situation that you know needs to change maybe it's for your personal life maybe it's for our community life maybe it's for life in our community around us maybe it's someone whose life is in desperate straits right now maybe it's a, a situation of sickness or a situation of lack or a situation of disobedience to God that needs to be turned around and somebody give their life to God for the first time or come back to them where they knew him they've gone away that is not God's plan that is not God's best in a minute minute, we will come back to this song and we will sing it through five times and each one you can be exalting Christ over that situation that means you expect the rule and the reign of heaven your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven in that situation I expect there'll be some which we will be praying for in common that's fine we don't need to declare them to one another right now it's just a, a thing to declare before God you're not even really going to be speaking it out because you're probably going to be singing the song but know that as you do that you are lifting it onto God's altar you are standing in the gap that is what intercession is it's standing in the gap between the person who needs something from God and God himself because we don't have a gap we can go right into the most holy place and receive everything that we need and God has given us an authority in Christ to minister his truth and his righteousness and his health and his peace and his joy and that is what we're doing tonight as we stand in the gap for that person at this moment or that community at this moment give you a moment to reflect and let the Holy Spirit speak to you to say if you've only got one or two go with those and if another one happens as we as we go through this song as we pray this song then you can bring it hallelujah it doesn't have to be the most five pressing cases often the Holy Spirit gets you praying for something that might surprise you doesn't mean that situation is not being taken care of it just means the holy spirit is leading you to pray for this right now hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus hallelujah hallelujah jesus holy place in the tabernacle the priest would light the candles the incense because smoke rising was seen as the prayers of God's people rising up and as we stand before God right now in the spirit we are lighting the incense
God is also reminding me of a long standing word over us as a people of this being a place of connection with God a thin place between heaven and earth where the angels descend and ascend they come from God and they return with the prayers of the saints and they come back and then they return and they come back and then they return it's a vision that Jacob saw hallelujah and after he'd seen it he said God is in this place telling you God is in this place say something before we go. Um, you stay where you are or you can just sit for a minute. It won't be long because we've not got long left. But um, The Lord just wants me to say about something else where the enemy steals from us. How many of you are saved? It's pretty good. Just check the worship team. <laughs> um, how many of you are being saved? Yes. Oh, you're good on your theology. How many of you will be saved? Yeah, absolutely. We are saved when we give our lives and surrender to, to Christ and believe in Him as our Lord and Savior. There won't be any more worship, so if you want to take a seat, actually, save you will just stand in there. Bless you. Um, because this is just to finish off what we've just been doing. Because the Lord wants you to take something home with you. Uh, it's, it's, if I can convey it well enough in the five minutes we've got, um, I believe it will give you a new measure of victory. Even though what I've just said, we all know. So we are saved. But you know that through our daily lives we are being saved. And when Jesus comes back, we will be saved because we will be living with him in heaven. Um, what about holiness? Are you holy? Yes. Are you going to be made holy? Yes. yes, the same thing. There's this At the end, to be in heaven with God, we must be completely perfect and holy. There's no other way, because everything in heaven is perfect and holy. So unless I don't know you very well, I think every one of us here would probably say, I know that God has placed me in a position of holiness. Yes. But most of us would confess we don't always live that one. Yeah, so we live having been made holy. We are being made holy. We're learning to live in the position God has given us. And at some point in our future, whether it's after we've died or Jesus when he comes back, we will be completely holy 
in heaven. No longer will we struggle with sin because sin doesn't exist in that way there. We will have done the job. It's this bit in the middle that we live in. Being saved, being made holy, we often refer to that as sanctification or justification. Sometimes people will tell you, and it's not that it's incorrect, that justification is just as if I'd never sinned. That's okay, but it leaves you here. It's much more than that. It's not just as if you'd never sinned. It's being taken from where you are and placed in a complete place of righteousness before God that you then learn to live in. It's so much more than just as if I'd never sinned. There's a whole impartation of mercy and grace in that actual meaning of the, of the word it's taken from. But it's a good place to start. Because if you'd never sinned, you could be in heaven, no problem. But we all have. But it's not just as if you haven't, because we did. It's much better than that, because it's not just as if we never did. It's in spite of what you did, in spite of what you do, and in spite of what you might do, you are still justified. Isn't that amazing? It's so much stronger when you get that. It's not, well, it's just as if I'd never been sinned, but next week when I do that, or in the next hour when I do that, I'm going to be in trouble again. It's no, it's been dealt with. It's been paid for. But what about this place in the middle? Here. Sanctification. Theosis is another word that's used. You've probably not heard that one. That's more of an orthodox one. Or divinization. That's another one. And it refers to the process of becoming more like Christ. In uh, 1 Peter, Peter talks about taking on board the divine nature, receiving more and more of the divine nature. What he's referring to is that sanctification or the theosis or the divinization, that process of being changed. And how does that happen? That's the same thing, from glory to glory. Or one degree of glory. I think actually the accurate translation is from glory to glory, but it sounds almost too... How can we go from glory to glory? Well, because we're in God. But how, does this, how, is, how is this bit happening here, in this, in this middle bit, the bit that we actually live in? And often we can feel like, and there's an element of truth in this, it means we've got to pull ourselves up a bit and live a little bit better and follow God's commands a bit better and do as we're told a bit better and love a little bit more. And we heard a lot of that in the, the passage from, the, of, from Philippians. So it's correct that there is an exhortation to the church to live up to what we are called. But if that's all it is, it would be down to us. It's, and it's that wonderful thing that it is responding to that call, but knowing that as we do, it's God's grace that enables us. But there's something else that goes on in, the, in, 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 in sanctification. And this is the one thing that I just wanted to focus on tonight. The, the kind of prayer that we've had tonight and the place of worship where we were last night. Sometimes we can feel like, well, that's that then. We've done that. Let's go off and finish our night and go to bed or whatever we do. But what the Lord wants to remind us of, I believe, is that the very act of worship, being on your face before God, calling unto God, putting your flesh into obedience when sometimes you'd rather not, you know, you'd rather just relax. 
All of these things is part of that change. It's part of that receiving the divine nature. The fact that we were here tonight and that we prayed and that we worshipped and we gathered, because Jesus is really into gathering. It's quite popular to say, you know, it's not so much so important anymore. Well, it's rubbish. It's biblical. The gathering of God's people so that we can be a gathering in the communities. So that people can come to gatherings. It's not wrong to have people come to gatherings. That's another kind of popular thing, or we just need to be out there. We absolutely need to be out there. It's not an either or. It's a both. If you did my questionnaire, you'd have had that last one on mission or an attraction, or you were probably scratching your head. There's a whole uh, dichotomy in, 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 in the teaching of you're either attractional or missional. And part of what I'm looking at is I think we're both. Strongly both. But anyway, we'll see what we all think together when I start putting those results together. They're very interesting, just looking through them, but it will be the collective results that were analysed. But what God did tonight is he met with us. All of us received from him. So tonight was part of your sanctification in him. It's not us just being obedient to the word only and receiving the grace to do that. It's also what God does in us when we're meeting with him. And why I said I think the enemy sometimes steals from us in this, or does steal, is we forget that bit. We might think about what God did in the prayer, the things that changed spiritually, but God tonight also progressed each one of us on that journey of sanctification. Actually, it was going that way earlier, so I better keep going the same way. (laughs) You were changed. When we pray at home, spending time with God, it's not just about God bless Auntie, Auntie D and God bless Uncle Pete and everything else and that list. We know that bit. But very often we've just replaced it with a more clever list. With bigger words than less. Often that's what happens, isn't it? And that's, that's a good thing to do. We, we need to pray. Although, you know, Declare a lot more. Use your authority rather than just asking God to do something. And God says, look, I've told you to, to declare it. But also, those prayer times, those worship times, those times of quiet before God, as well as the times of marching up and down, God changes us. And sometimes the church forgets that. And we think the only way we can change is just by trying harder. Well, God bless those that in God, lean on God to try harder. We, we must all do that. That's what Paul was saying in, in Philippians when we read through that. There was a lot of that kind of, come on, come on. I'm going to run the race. I can see what's set before me, he says. You know, I want to know God more. He's not talking about just sitting around doing nothing. But he, he, can you imagine St. Paul doing nothing? His, his, his books are just full of action and... Letters are just, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. I don't think he was a guy that did nothing. But there is, within all activity, we must make sure we also take times like this together, and those times when we are alone, just with God. Sometimes it has to be, you can snatch them sometimes. It's not the best way, but sometimes 
you know, if you've got lots of kids around you and you've got young families, it's more and more difficult to find those times. But, you know, you can maybe snatch some time on the bus or when you're walking. And it's just knowing that when you're praying, maybe you just pray in tongues, or maybe you use the Jesus prayer like we did last week, God is changing you. There is an impartation. There is a release of what God has already given you. I mean, you already have everything. You have the fullness of Christ in you, it talks about in Colossians. But it's seeing that overcoming our natural tendency to live fleshly lives. But the good news is, tonight you changed. And that's, I, I just I felt at the end, the Holy Spirit prompted me, maybe it will come up on a Sunday, or maybe people aren't ready for that yet to get an understanding of that. But something miraculous happens. It's the same when you take communion. You're being made more like God. You are like God. You are in a position of holiness. You have the fullness within you. But also, we are in the process of learning to live in that. And God is also a mystery. God is also mystical, if you like. We don't understand everything. If we did, we'd be God. And when we spend times with him, he changes you. And God changed you tonight. And don't ever let the times when you turn out and the times when you pray be stolen from you thinking nothing happened. Oh yeah, it changed. It's a, there's a constant change going on. And that you're, you, you, the more you pray, the more you'll be like Jesus. The more you worship, the more you'll be like Jesus. The more you live according to his word, the more we'll reflect Jesus. It was Moses that saw God and came back with his face shining. Times with God, we look different. We are different. We receive from him in every session, not just when someone lays hands on us. That's just a specific release. Anyway, that's, as I say, that's what I uh, felt that uh, God wanted us to take. Sort of right at the end there, I was thinking, it doesn't seem to fit, Lord. And he said, it absolutely does. Absolutely does, he said. And that's when he said, because the enemy is sometimes stealing from you when you've finished on a night like this, you forget that I am changing you. And the enemy is very good at bringing in deception and we don't notice it and we don't build on what God is doing within us. Every time, every time, God is building, building, building. We are, you know, sometimes we like to be ever so humble and just think about all the wrong things we do. Let us see an increasing righteousness and right things that we do and celebrate the things that we do because we're in love with Jesus. Yeah? Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.